I'm gonna let you start. I, I'm gonna start, okay. Hi, welcome everyone. Welcome! This is The Mixed Reviews. It's, yeah, not just one review. Many of them. Many of them, multiple. <laughs> Today, just, we're having, we're review, we're mixing one review. Yes. Two. <laughs> one man, many reviews. Many reviews. <laughs> the, uh, we're, we're clearly having an amazing night. Uh-huh. Alrighty. Uh, full of pasta, full of wines. Oh, so so good. So many good things happening we're, tonight. We're ready. Mm-hmm. We're ready to talk about the topic of this week. And by the way, if you don't know the mixed reviews, if this is your first episode, uh-huh. where I, you came up with actually a really good slogan. Thank too. you so much. Yeah, I wasn't you. even drunk when I wrote that. <laughs> uh, what was it? It was one topic, two weeks, lots of movies, even more opinions. Absolutely. We are the mixed reviews. We are the mixed reviews. Uh, I'm Louie. I'm Gavin. And we're here to rock your world. Absolutely. So we might be trying something a little different this week. We're trying to gain a little structure on the show. This is only our seventh episode. Yeah, so, I feel good about it. Yeah, exactly. So if it sounds a little different than some of the other weeks, just go with it. Just, just like, shut up and do it. Okay. <laughs> like, honestly, it's our show, don't, not yours. Don't fight it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Problematic, Gavin. Problematic. <laughs> the uh, But this topic of this week's episode yeah. is... Go ahead. You do it. Michael Fassbender. Michael Fassbender. Also, today I told my mom we were doing Michael Fassbender. And, and you she, were like your Caucasian boyfriend, Michael Fassbender. <laughs> she literally said, is that that European guy who has those fans? They're called like fast bitches. <laughs> and I was like, I think you're thinking of Cumberbatch and the Cumberbitches. But I am down to be a fast bitch. A fast, I mean, same, honestly. Like, like every time I was like, ugh, a boring white guy in his boring white movies. But then I saw him. Yeah. And I was like, all right, fine. I was like, you deliver that monologue that you mm-hmm. deliver in every fucking movie you're in. Correct. <laughs> like, yes. Oh, is this movie going to feature a close-up in which Michael Fassbender talks for like 15 minutes? Excellent. Great. <laughs> I'm here for that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Michael Fassbender. Should we press rewind? Press rewind. everyone up on uh, who Michael Fassbender is. Did you do any research for this? I barely did. I did. I have a... I have Educate me. Okay, excellent. Make Uh, me your fast bitch. (laughs) Uh, Michael Fassbender, who was born in 1977, making him 40 years old. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Looks great. I I remember telling somebody we're doing this as a topic, and they were like, he's the young guy, right? And I was like, (laughs) young! (laughs) And I was like, oh, he's um, He's seven years older than me. That's disgusting, (laughs) honestly. (laughs) Um... Anyways, he's a German-born Irish actor, uh, which is a great mix. Like, great if mix. you can do a German-Irish kid like me, uh huh, it's a good. No. Are you and Fassbender the same thing? We are the same. Wow, they, the uh, same. I'm also. I'm, yeah, <laughs> I'm also Welsh, which is why I have no muscle in my arms. Mm. Hello, I'm from Wales. Oh, yeah. um, his feature film debut was, of course, the movie Three Hundred in two thousand seven. But before that, he did uh, a bunch of TV shows. He was in. Uh, the HBO miniseries Band of Brothers, as well as the uh, Sky One drama Hex. Now, Hex was the first place I had seen him. Had you I, ever seen Hex? I've not seen Hex. I knew of Band of Brothers. I'm not surprised. He fits the Band of Brothers brand. Oh, absolutely. Like, strong jaw, you know, can give, like, an icy stare. Yes. Uh, so, Hex, he played the angel Azazel. And Hex was a very, like, Buffy-type uh British show Azazel who also is featured in X-Men, X-Men the first class but different, but different. different yeah yeah featuring Michael Fassbender but, yeah, exactly <sighs> full circle um but anyways uh go watch that show it's like Buffy plus like extra sex it only lasted oh, two seasons I'm into that yeah yeah extra it, sex yeah extra sex <laughs> um count me in uh, so he was born in Heidelberg, uh, Baden-Württemberg, uh, which is in Germany. His mother's name is Adele. He's I- uh, she's Irish. His mom's his father, Adele. Yes, yeah, his mom's Adele. Hello. <laughs> um, and his father, uh, Josef Fassbender, who is German. Um, Josef, probably uh, then. Josef, exactly. <laughs> According to Fassbender family lore, his mother is the great-grandniece of Michael Collins, an Irish leader during War of Independence. Uh, when Fassbender was two years old, his parents moved to I- the Irish town of uh, Killarney, in the County Kerry, where they ran the West End House, a restaurant where his father worked as a chef. Fassbender was raised Catholic and served as an altar boy oh. uh, at the church his family attended. That kind of is hot. Yeah. He has an older sister, Catherine, who's a neuropsychologist. Casual. I hope she listens to this episode. I hope she's both, like, you guys are insane. Yes. Um, 
but yeah, from there, he uh, he attended the Fossa National School and St. Brendan's College, both in Killarney. Uh, he decided he wanted to be an actor at the age of 17 and was cast in a play by Donald Courtney. At 19, he moved to London to study at the Drama Center in London, a constituent school of Central St. Martin's. In 1999, he dropped out of the Drama Center and toured with the Oxford Stage Company to perform in the play Three Sisters. Before he found work as an actor, he'd worked as a bartender and a postman. When I was 17, I joined up with Donny's company, and uh, we did like pantomime, pub theater, a lot of sketch work, improvisation, stuff like that, workshops. And, um, and I just sort of absorbed as much as I could, and then I sort of broke off and formed my own production company with my friends, and we put on a play of Reservoir Dogs. Uh, in the local nightclub Ravel's mm -hmm. when I was 18 mm -hmm. and I directed, produced and played the part of Mr. Pink and that was for me a great experience and a great learning experience I learned so much from that in terms of just you know doing things through blind enthusiasm and hard work and I think that gave me a confidence in myself and, 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 and from then on went to study in Cork from Cork I went to London studied there for just under three years and then you know, left and started seeking professional employment from then on. Um, it, it brings me happiness to that, like, he is not just, like, a good-looking man who was, like, able to, like, figure it out. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, Thank I, God. I love knowing that, that weird sort that of, That hot like, people struggle. Yeah, hot people. But, yeah, and from there, he was cast in Band of Brothers. It was his first big-screen debut. He did some theater beforehand, and that's how, that's how we know him. My first television job was Band of Brothers, and it was an incredible break, an incredible thing to witness and be part of, uh, and such good guys as well. We all... Most of us really stay in touch mm -hmm. until this point now. That was over 10 years ago. Um, uh, and so after that, I think we all went to Los Angeles en masse. <laughs> and, uh, and they were like, oh, so another guy from Band of Brothers. There was a lot of guys running around in green. Um, uh, and that was quite sort of overwhelming for me then, I would say. And I was about sort of 24 at that point, I think. Um, and so I didn't really... Get any? I didn't get any work from that sort of three months that I, I went over and just sort of did some meetings and stuff like that, yeah. and uh, and then I sort of came back to London. I, I decided then that I wouldn't go back to Los Angeles until I had um, something really in my back pocket. And he's literally been playing like that adjacent. Oh yeah, I mean like three like so. Band of Brothers is an easy lead into Three Hundred. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, you got a hot bod and you look like a vague Roman? <laughs> Great. Exactly. And that's literally, he's literally had a career in which he's basically played Irishmen, Germans, or ancient Romans. Correct. <laughs> and that's or that. any mixture or blend. Except of... for Macbeth where he's Scottish. Right. Question mark. I will say, <laughs> um, unlike our friend Will Smith, yes. Michael Fassbender can kill a fucking accent. Mm -hmm. Like, I've seen him do, like, Southern, whatever the fuck Steve Jobs was. Yes. Um, you know, Scottish, German, British. I'm like, girl, you're all over the map, but you're killing it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny, there, I've, I've only really experienced one bad accent from him, and I'll get, I'll get to that. You'll get to but, that later. But, uh, but yeah, he's really adept at it. And it's, it's not like the, uh, Irish accent is a very malleable yeah, sort of accent. Yeah. Would you consider him a character actor? That's it. Well, see, this is what, and I'm curious about this because I think he is not. I think he's a leading man who wants to be a character actor. And I think he can pull a good character performance, but I think he can also pull a really bad character performance. Okay. Um, I guess we'll get into it. Yeah, we'll get yeah. into it. I was thinking about it. And also maybe I'm just like ignorant. I'm like, what, what makes a character actor like? Uh, I think a character actor's defining, uh, like, attribute is the ability to lose themselves in a role but also have some tiny quality that like le like makes you know who they are as as an actor as well too right. um it's a little unfair but it tends to be the people that don't aren't considered like Gorgeous, and Michael Fassbender unfortunately suffers from being gorgeous. super fucking hot. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so, I think I think that's works against him a little bit. Um, even in in certain films where he has gone out of his way to like tamp down, yeah, um, his like, hotness, his hotness. I'm thinking things like Frank or Blood Creek, like where he's like wearing a lot of makeup or something that An physically paper mache head. Yes. Uh and I think that's uh I think that's he's tried to use that to 
raise his character actor thing. And once again, this is not a judgment on him. He's really fantastic. And I I actually had trouble picking... I have my first tie, and we'll Ooh. also get to that. I, but I had trouble picking a worse performance, because I think he really, for the most part, gives his all. Uh, but it I just think... Seem- very, like, willing to go there yeah. for whatever movie. Absolutely. Like, he's an actor's actor. Absolutely. But I think Hollywood has decided, no, you're a leading man. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. They're like, oh, you're hot and white? Yeah. Here you go. Exactly. Which is weird because I think I must have read something. It's like all of these great American stories about great Americans. And like, and I'm thinking about Steve Jobs specifically. You know, they, like, cast European actors to play these people. And how he's able to kind of disappear. And, like... I, I mean, there's an extent to, like, oh, he's white and hot. He can do whatever he wants because it's Hollywood. Yeah. But also, I was just like, man, you know, seeing him in 12 Years a Slave, seeing him in Macbeth. Yeah. And and Steve Jobs, he's really able to just kind of, like, mold himself into, like, whatever stock white person you need. Yeah. If it's, like, whatever, you know, uh, race or nationality, whatever the fuck you want to call it, like, uh, he's able to just, like, kind of go there. Um, as, and it's not, like, there's definitely movies where he's, like, I'm playing, you know, kind of angry European dude or yes. whatever. Yeah, and, yeah. and he has a lot of that, <laughs> um, which is fine, whatever. It's his bread and butter. But, like, he's able to... I mean, he has also done not that. Yes, absolutely. Um, and it's so funny to, like, watch him play um, mild. Because, like you said, he does a lot of anger. Yeah. And he's really is... good at it. And so when he plays mild, you're always sort of expecting... And maybe that's the, that's the flaw of, like like following an actor's career and like really sort of, but that's sort of, but that's what we're doing anyways. We're, we're, you know, taking the auteur theory and sort of applying it to acting as well. And, but like when you watch something like the counselor and he really never has like, nothing. Yeah. I was like, where's the moment? When, yeah. When's it going to happen? Nothing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. So what's next? What are we doing next? So next, I believe we would just move into our reviews. Okay. Yeah. Like, um, so quick aside. Yes. I was in Cuba for like six days excuses excuses Ugh. oh my god and like believe it or not cuba just doesn't have like the best um space to be watching movies about. huge michael fassbender fans though really. That's, uh... <laughs> huge fans but um i just so i didn't watch as many movies as i could have right but i feel like i definitely i've watched enough to like have my picks for i on um, episode i on the other hand found out that i have seen every single Michael Fassbender big screen movie except for Song to Song, which came out this year. Like, good for you, honestly. Yeah, like, like I even fucking saw Alien Covenant. Do you know how much I did not want to see Alien Covenant? I did. I, I feel like we want did not want to watch it for different reasons. <laughs> I am yeah. not here for spooky shit. <laughs> I'm not here for shitty movies. Uh-huh. <laughs> I watched the trailer and I was like, ah, no, please. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was horrified. Um, just just but, you in a theater. Alone. Yeah. <laughs> I think I watched it for, at the Guardians of the Galaxy oh, 2. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. It was like a midnight showing. I was there with my friend Jonathan, and I literally grabbed him, and he was like, can you let me go, please? <laughs> so, no, I did not see that. Thank you. Oh, okay. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> did you see Prometheus before it? Absolutely not. I heard that was really boring, though. Yeah, yeah. They're, uh, neither's great. Great. They're great for, they're, they're both terrible for different reasons, so. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Louie, hit me with your one-star review. Okay, um, I'm gonna give you, like, like this, yeah, one-star review, yes, correct. This is, I'll, I won't say it's a zero-star review, I'll give you a one-star review for this. Um, I saw this a couple days ago, and my one-star review has to go to uh, Centurion. Centurion! Yes, um, the great, like, fucking epic of, I don't know, it's, like, this movie, there are a lot of things in this movie. I mean, and again, Michael Fassbender is kind of doing the same generic, like, I'm... British or European, whatever, fuck right. and like angry. This movie is just like so bad, though. It straight off the top, there's like these gorgeous sweeping scenes, but they have like these really fucking awful like credits floating over everything. Like it is, and, and credits get your life. Like yeah, you made the movie. They just look really fucking bad. I was like, who did you hire to make this for you? Um, Centurion, if you do not know, is about um. Uh, it's the, the the Romans, right? Yes, the Roman Empire, and they are trying to go north into um, Britain. Yes, and um, there are the there's like um like the natives, like the pick 
picks. Picks. Yeah, I believe they're called the picks. They, uh. It's like a, uh. Yes, P-I-C-T. Yes. If you're wondering how to spell that at home. They are. If you're playing the home game version of the Thank you so much. Um, they are like natives of the, the cold north and, you know, they're, they're, they're essentially the character he would then go on to play in Macbeth. Correct. Exactly. <laughs> and like, you know, fucking the Romans are like, we need to take it, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and these natives are like, nah, bitch. Uh, and they're using the land to their advantage, and it's like, it's, I was surprised at how brutal this movie was. Yeah. I, the blood, I mean, I'm not like, I don't fuck around with blood too much, but like, fine, I get it, like, it's war and like, battling, but like, it was such like, theater blood. It was like, yeah. very aggressively like, gory, but unreal, and like, not in a natural way. Um, the one main woman in this movie has her tongue is cut out, and, um, I was like, okay, work. Like, they're just going to take... They did that whole thing where it's like, here's a strong female, but she ain't talking. Lol. <laughs> and I was like, fuck this. Like, I hate that thing where they're like, a strong woman who can track stuff and like, right. beat you up. But like, no lines for her. Mm-mm. Well, that's Thank what... You. That was definitely one of my frustrations with the movie. The movie was directed by Neil Marshall, who um, sort of came to fruition uh, when he did... Um, I suddenly can't think of the... I was just looking at it, too. The Descent, which is a horror movie from 2005. Oh, okay. And, like, it, like, it gained a lot of popularity because it's a movie in which it's four main women, and they're, like, against underground monsters. He'd also done this movie in 2002 called Dog Soldiers, which is sort of campy fun. And it seemed like he was going to have a really good career, and all he's done is followed it with shit, 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 shit. It's like Centurion, Doomsday. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he did one maybe he didn't um but like yeah he's basically had like a really bad hollywood career centurion this feels like they were trying for a big swing of either like oscar Beatty nonsense or like 300 level nonsense yeah and they tried marrying the two and um fassbender has like uh, there's like essentially um, centurion was actually his last big screen film uh he's gonna he's doing the hellboy reboot but garbage (laughs) Um, the, he, essentially, uh, help me, Gavin, I'm drunk. Um, they, like, go, he, he's captured, right? Yes. And then, like, another team of Romans go and, like, help him, but then one of their dudes gets yeah, captured. Yeah, he escapes, and what's his face from, um, is The Wire? Uh, yeah, he's yeah. hot. Yeah, him. he's good, yeah. Um, he, like, it's essentially, you know, it, it turns into this, like, kind of, like, a dog hunt movie where, like, they're on the run from the pigs, and the pigs are trying to come after them because one of their guys right. murders the son of the pick's leader. And um, in a way, it's the same movie as 300. Oh, like, yeah. Absolutely. Like, um, like, it's just stylistically different. Yeah. And I mean, I will say there's a lot of beautiful scenes and like scenery and shit. Um, but, you know, and like, they're like these six guys running away and they're slowly getting picked off by the pigs. Right. Um, the one moment that like, just like is in my head is when they're like we have to jump and they're like jumping into like this fucking river because they're like at their tail and one guy's like I don't wanna and literally he delivers it like at that level I don't wanna and Michael Fassbender turns to him and is giving full Fassbender and he's like you must jump <laughs> and I was like why are you yelling <laughs> it was insane um also they run into like a quote unquote witch who has yes. been outcast and I was like, oh no, I already do not like where this is going. He, uh, Fassbender is ultimately the only one, spoiler who like survives and goes back to the Romans. And the Romans are like, nah, girl. Is this how Rome honors our heroes? You want to bury the truth and me along with it? You are too much of a risk. The whole movie, I'm like, wait, who am I supposed to be rooting for? Right. Am I rooting for the pigs who are, like, are being savaged by the fucking Romans? Who are right. Assholes? Who are actually defending their own land. Correct. And the woman who, like, doesn't have a tongue. Olga Kirienko, I believe, plays that role. And she's somebody who has had a terrible career, and yet I really like her. Like, she, she was in Quantum of Solace. She was in, like, uh, the, the the first Hitman movie. That poor woman. She gets all the, like, the hot, strong girl yeah. roles. And it's, like... The, the the character she's playing, you know, she kind of she's a traitor to the Romans because they were using her to track the picks. Yeah, and then she's like, actually, fuck you because you cut my tongue out and killed my family. Um, as one does, as one does when you're a Roman. Um, and <laughs> when in Rome, <laughs> correct. <laughs> the the movie's all framed around Fassbender and his character, and it's like they're trying to escape these savages. Right. And I was like, what the? Who am I rooting for? And and I thought Endgame. I was like, they're go- there's there is going to be a final fight. Yeah. 
do I want her to prevail and like, you know, win? That means Fastbender dies. That means our main character dies. Or is like, or is he going to like, you know, kind of overcome this, like kind of, they, they frame her as a mystical being right. where she's like, can able to fucking smell the air and know where anyone is. Um, and sure enough, he fucking kills her. Yeah. Um, and he prevails, but then like, he kind of, right, gets his comeuppance with like, Rome is like, no, we don't want you either, son. They try to murder him, and then he just I was going to say, he's, like, deathly injured, and, like, but he delivers the same line at the beginning and the end, which is, like, this, this is, is not the beginning of my story or the This end. is not the beginning. This is not the end of my story. And I was like, but why did I have to hear it at the beginning and the end of this <laughs> fucking movie? You know, the, the, the thing that that movie did the most for me was remind me how much I also hate 300, because <laughs> 300 is also disgusting in the way that it, it treats its, like, women characters, it's disgusting in the way it treats its minorities, it's disgusting in the way it's, it's homophobia, and, like, this movie didn't have the homophobic aspect, but everything else was still there. Still there. <laughs> I think 300 must have just done the, like, that was, like, one of Snyder's first movies. Yes. Right? Yeah, and yeah. so I think people were just, like, taken with the spectacle. Oh, yeah. The, the thing that, like, the thing that people love about, um, about 300, which I feel like if you went back and watched now, would be the thing that you should hate, is the fact that it looks like a video game. Right. And, like, that's what really drew people in, because that movie is not good. It's I'm the... sorry, I don't know what people see in that movie. I'm just kicking like, you right now. This is Sparta! <laughs> I mean, it, exactly. was, it was, like, it was new, like, the spectacle yes. was kind of, like, unseen. Like, I understand, um, but now I'm like, girl, no. Yeah. I still can't believe they made a sequel to that. Anyways. Anyway, Gavin, what is your one-star review? So, as I mentioned before, this is the first time ever in the seven episodes we've done and all the amazing people we've done, I have a tie. For the worst? For the worst. Okay. Um, and I think what it comes down to is a, is this sort of fight in me, which is that I want to know, does Michael F- Fassbender want to be a character actor? Is he willing to sacrifice that portion of his... Um, good looks to sort of move towards that or not. And so my tie is uh, one that'll be controversial and one that won't. So I'll start with a non-controversial one, which is an underseen uh, 2009 horror movie directed by Batman and Robin's Joel Schumacher. What? Yeah. Blood Creek. Okay. In Blood Creek, he plays Richard Wirth, who is a Nazi <laughs> who's sent to live on a farm in the 30s in America because that farm has discovered a Norse runestone that can bring the dead back to life. A Norse runestone? Yes. Oh. <laughs> flash, ba- flash forward to 2009, where Henry Cavill, whose brother, played by Dominic Purcell of Prison Break, Great. has disappeared, shows up one day and is like, I've been being held hostage on this farm. We need to go there and kill this family of this this hostage that's been holding me hostage. They go to this farm. It's the farm that Michael Fassbender's been keeping that family alive through his mystical powers because they trapped him in this basement. Now, you don't find out any of this until an hour into this hour and a half movie. Like, literally, they decide to keep you in the dark about the premise of the film. It's like M. Night Shyamalan, but, like, times a thousand. Right. Um, So, Michael Fassbender, in the end, is, like, this Freddy Krueger-esque Nazi. He's, he's like, wearing... Did you say Freddy Krueger-esque Nazi? Yes. (laughs) He's wearing a long black uh, leather trench coat, and he has a completely, like, scarred-up face where he's, like, all these runes have been carved into it, and, like, he's constantly, like, he spends at least two-thirds of the movie just whispering in German, and, uh, it's I don't know if you can hear that guy, it's my eyes rolling in the back of my fucking head. (laughs) It's so bad. It's so bad in tone, it doesn't know what it wants to do. It's clearly trying to set up a series, because, spoiler alert, he loses. Um, okay. And in the end, Henry Cavill, like, leaves because you find out, like, last minute, literally, like, two minutes before the end of the movie, he's one of eight Nazis sent to America. Okay. And so, like, he decides he's going to track these other Nazis down. He, like, finds an old map and realizes that they were sent in the shape of a fucking swastika. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Yeah, Thank exactly. you. I'm oh, leaving. What you hear is Louis leaving. Leaving <laughs> It's genuinely a joyless stupid and i have no idea like i have 2009 no, 2009 how did anybody like look at the script and be like yeah this is passable <laughs> so someone was like yes please here's the check but that's the thing is like he is clearly like i understand when you get that script what attracts you to doing that because once again that was early in his career i mean he he'd already done um 
like a like a, another low budget horror movie in England called Eden Lake, and like he'd already done three hundred, but like there was no sign that he was gonna blow up. So like I'm assuming he took this role thinking like I'm going to have this horror movie villain. Maybe I can reprise it in a sequel. Right. I don't have to rely on my looks because like I don't uh-huh. look like myself. Because it's a Joel Schumacher film, there's lots of like little bits of homoerotica. Like at one point, Henry Cavill's like chained up, and Michael Fassbender like makes out with his back as he's like trying to drain his blood. You know what? Maybe I do need to watch this. (laughs) That's mine. I'm gonna kill you. No. You're going to feed me. I've known men like you all my life. Tiny men with your tiny ambitions. Kill the enemy. Kill the enemy. You all end up the same. Making death with your own hands and calling others monsters. Once again, gross rune face Freddy Krueger asks Michael Fassbender. Okay, right. Uh, and, and now I'm back. Never mind. Exactly. Thank you. But it's such a mess that I, I cannot see how it wasn't possible to tell on set, like, where things were going wrong. So I get, like, all the things that attracted him to it. It's this, like, role that he could be really meaty in, he can eat a lot of the screen, and, like... uh, But at the same time, like, the movie itself doesn't support it. So, like, it's weirdly a good performance in a really terrible movie. And that's why I have a tie, because the reverse of that is both X-Men Days of the Future Past and X-Men Apocalypse. What? Yeah. So if you watch X-Men First Class, which I don't think is a particularly great movie, but it's a fun movie. Yes. It's very clear Matthew Vaughn really dug into the character of Magneto and really, like, tried to make um, Michael Fassbender understand what drives Magneto, this sort of revenge. There's that great scene where he goes to Argentina, he gets to speak Spanish at the beginning, then uh-huh. he gets to speak German, and then he gets to be like, I'm Frankenstein's monster and murder everybody. Buenas tardes, caballeros. Buenas tardes. Hello, no? Si. Una cerveza, por favor. Deutsches Bier. Claro. Ja, ist Bitburger. Schmeckt gut, ne? <lacht> Was sind Sie? Let's just say I'm Frankenstein's Monster. Um, and it's great. And then something happened along the way, and I would... Perhaps it's Brian Singer... I don't want to give him all the blame. But it's Brian Singer. But it's Brian Singer. Um, the X-Men Days of the Future Pass and X-Men Apocalypse, it's very clear Michael Fassbender's just picking up a paycheck. Absolutely, yes. And I don't blame him because, like, if you're going to get paid, get paid. Yeah. But, like, he's not showing up. That's, like, he's the not... one franchise he's in, right? Like, yeah. The one, like, Well, that maker. and Alien Covenant. And the Alien Covenant. Well, Covenant's, now he's yeah. in Alien but I feel like he has more work to do in Alien, right? Yes. Well, absolutely, because he's also playing an artificial intelligence. The, yeah. The his Magneto is like the most generic, like yeah. European, whatever. Like you know, he that's his like that that seems like the default fast bender. Like, let me just like kind of look very like hot yeah. and like kind of like imposing. I, I mean, he gets he gets the regal quality, but that's a very physical thing. Yeah. But he's delivering those lines like he's fucking reading the phone book yeah. to you. Like, I, I mean, I was gonna say in first class, I thought like, if I had to pick like my favorite scenes of like Fastbender's career, it's like him and fucking Charles. What's his yeah. name? Yeah. Um, uh, uh, McAvoy. McAvoy. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Like, I want that bromance. Yeah. Like, fun times all the time, like, going out and, and doing and, stuff. And even the parts where they're not, where it's not fun. Like, there's that scene where he teaches him how to focus his powers and he's like, dig deep. And Fassbender gives this really sincere, like, one single tier performance. A- and none of that is in the later sequels at all. And it's weird all. because even, what was the last one? Apocalypse. Apocalypse, yeah. Where he's like, out living on a fucking, yeah, yeah. whatever, logging a shit. And yeah. looking great in plaid. And like, his child dies. Yes. And he, he has a whole moment where he's like, he has to deliver the no line. The no! Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and then he, like, also, sorry to build off of that, but like the the then he goes for his revenge against the humans to the metal workshop, and he's like, "Do you want to see what I can do?" Some of you spoke to the police about what you believe you witnessed here yesterday. You want to know my powers? Know who I am. See what I can do. Think of the person you love most in your life. 
Now that person will know what it is to lose someone they love. I think the reason also why I chose it is because he has something to base that character on. You already have three films in which Ian McKellen has played the older version of that right. character, and you can sort of deconstruct that backwards. And I think one of the smart things, actually, um, but I also think that's because Fox wasn't really sure what they were doing with the property, was when Matthew Vaughn took over for First Class, they were like, don't try and mimic um, right. the performances. So that's why uh, McAvoy's not doing uh, Stuart's accent and why right. Michael Fassbender's not really doing the same stuff that Ian McKellen's doing. And then they hired Brian Singer to come back in. And so I feel like they've lost themselves sort Absolutely. of in that. And so McAvoy's trying to be much more Patrick Stewart. And Fassbender just doesn't care. Yeah. He's, he's just cashing them checks. And, uh, and so, like, that's why it came down to a tie for me because it was like, do I want to trash him for a good performance in a really shitty movie or trash him for a terrible performance in what should be an all right film? Yeah. Though movies, neither of those films are that great. The movies either. are fine. I yeah. mean, First Class probably was the best of the new absolute trilogy. Absolutely, yeah. But uh, like you were saying, because they were loose and having fun. But anyways, so those are, those are, uh, bad reviews. Though I would want to give an honorable mention to the new Alien franchise. Okay. It's not his fault. He's fine. Um, I have this whole theory about horror movies in general, which is that like in the 80s when horror movies were sort of prevalent, um, the thing was is the characters didn't really carry over that much. You had like Jamie Lee Curtis in the Halloween films, but that's about it. And so you, the, the audience viewpoint sort of became the murderer themselves. Jason, Freddy. Like those are what people remember. They don't really remember the victims. Right. And Alien was one of the more interesting things because it was Ripley. You had Sigourney Weaver to follow through the film. She was your window in, and you wanted to root for her to win. In the newer Alien movies, Michael Fassbender's become your window, and he's just a psychotic robot. And uh, and you're back to the same old formula. And so I really feel like Prometheus was bogged down with its philosophy. Alien Covenant's bogged down by the fact that it's just a cheap Friday the 13th sequel. And I'm stealing that from... Brian Fuller, who created Hannibal, somebody asked him recently, mm -hmm. and he said that. But like, he said it, that? It rang, it rang true to me. I was like, yes, this is a Friday the 13th sequel where you don't care about any of the characters. You're just waiting to watch them die. Yeah. And, uh, but that's my honorable mention. Just, okay. Yeah. Honorable mention for a shitty fucking movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'd like you to hit me with your four-star review, Louis. My four-star review, it, it's complicated, um, starring, what's that movie? <laughs> with Diane Lane, maybe? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'm having some trouble deciding, like, there's a part of me that, uh, it is hard to argue with the power of 12 Years a Slave. Yes. I have a very complicated, um, relationship with movies like 12 Years a Slave, um, and not just... Because you don't acknowledge that slavery happened in the United yes, States. Is I, I that just, what it is? You're I a just, horrible person. La, 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 exactly. I yeah. hear it. <laughs> um, That's not true, by the way. It's just, <laughs> also, do not come for me. Yeah, exactly. Disclaimer, I am joking. <laughs> I just have a, a really hard time, kind of... It, and it really mostly hit me a couple years ago when Sicario came out. Mm -hmm. Very different, obviously, but... Sicario is a movie with shitty politics, by the way. But anyways. I, I realized, you know, there... Uh, this is a tangent, I guess, but in Sicario, they go to like the border in Mexico, yeah. and it hit me like they had to hire people to play these Mexicans and who are being deported. And like, I was wondering, like, man, like, what it must feel like to be a modern day Mexican American yeah. who had to get hired to play, you know, like illegal immigrants. Right. And it got me wondering, like, man, do these people want to be real actors? Like, you know, like, are they trying to break into the industry and this is all they can get? And like, would I do that? Like, you know, or, you know, it, it, it's fucking shitty. And now to see these movies with, about slavery and shit, like, man, Chiwetel Ejiofor and Lupita Nyong'o, who are fucking amazing. Oh my god, Lupita's amazing. And how, and, and honestly, like, every black human being in that movie, so yeah. good. And I was like, and this is the shit that they have to go through to make a big Hollywood movie. And I don't want to shit on, um, anyone really. But I got me thinking, man, Emma Stone, who I really like and enjoy, she gets to make La La Land and win an Oscar. Right. Which, well, I mean, even, even if you want to, and this will be the second time on this podcast, I fucking trash the help. But like, yeah. you look at the help. She gets cast in a movie that's, you know, pri like primarily strong female black actresses, and she's the white girl who saves everybody. Well, what I'm saying is like, she wins this Oscar for playing of kind of, you know, I mean, I like La La Land, it was fine, mm -hmm. whatever. 
she went to the Oscar compared to what Lupita Nyong'o had to go through right. as a human being, you know, having to access, you know, all those feelings of you know, being a slave and blah, blah, blah. And, and she, she was able to like sell it on the Oscar trail really well, um, which is awesome. But fuck, dude. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I, it, it just makes me so uncomfortable thinking about having to like play these roles. I mean, and we talked about this with Whoopi Goldberg, you know, having to play these roles. These are the roles that are available to them. Um, and, and I totally understand and get like, we should not forget the sins of our past. And we, right. these are stories that do need to be told, but it's pretty fucking awful that like, this is all, it seems like black af- actors have out there, you know? And it seems like such a big fucking deal when you get a black actor to play like some second or third string character in a movie, you know, when Emma Stone gets to fucking win an Oscar for yeah. like, singing some songs and dancing with Ryan Gosling. No, that's a, that's a very like, it, it makes that's me- a that's an upsetting point because yeah because it's like literally if you took Lupita Nyong'o and put her in the role that Emma Stone played would she have won it and it, that's not saying anything about the quality of acting because the girl can fucking act yeah I mean and it is it, I I I, 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 I mean, Academy I, have voted for I mean I I, I, I I told you this before like I don't like seeing black people being brutalized right well on yeah the big no, screen but at the on the on the on the other side of that token it's a it's an important story to, and I'm, and I'm not saying like, it's important to watch people be brutalized, but it's important to understand the context of history and right. whatnot, which is why it's frustrating when people try and sort of whitewash history and act like that's yeah. not something that happened. I mean, and that's what we talked a little bit about in the Whoopi Goldberg episode, Corinna Corinna, yeah. which is not slavery time, but like, you know, kind of same concept. Also, I was really afraid to watch Color Purple because I assumed it was going to be the same brutality. Yes. Yeah. And it really isn't. And I was like, man. Uh, Steven Spielberg really like and, sanitized that. And, well, that's also the, the failure of, and this is on my aspect, the failure of the American school system was I hadn't seen The Color Purple, and I assumed it was set during slavery times, and it wasn't. It's set 40 years after slavery times. I had no idea. Yeah, it's set in the early 1900s. So, yeah. yeah. And, and, I mean, so 12 Years a Slave, which was directed by a British man, Steve McQueen, who has worked a lot with Fassbender. Um, I, so, uh, getting back to Michael Fassbender... His performance is really powerful in this. Um, it's horrifying, um, and uh, it it really uh, that shook me to like maybe he he wants to kind of go this character actor yeah. roots and like that is that is a tough role. That is not. Yeah, I mean, there is literally no like ounce of sympathy for this character, no. and it just got me like you know thinking. I mean, Lupita Nyong'o seems like such like a gorgeous, beautiful, uh, warm, loving human being, so smart and intelligent. Um, Sarah Paulson is in this movie also, yeah. who is awful in this fucking movie. Yeah. Like, not, not awful. No, actress, the performance like, is not awful, but yeah, I completely agree. The character herself but, is like but the, she is a demon. A, she is like a lovely human being, right? Right. Um, Michael Fassbender also seems to be like a really fun, loving dude, and it got me thinking, these are fucking professional actors. Like, right. to go through all this shit, uh, it, it yeah, so that that performance shook me the most. I wouldn't say I enjoyed the movie just because no, it's like I, hard to get through. I had texted you earlier. I was like, it's not a pleasant experience, but it's a rewarding one. Yeah, I mean, I was crying my fucking face off at the end. Yeah, um, and to, and and again, like it's it's hard for me to balance. Like these are important stories, and right. we need to fucking remind people. Like I don't think a lot of people understand or realize how fucking brutal slavery was. Right, it is kind of thing like oh, we made black people do things. Well, yeah. No. Yeah. Like, it was not that. And that's what, like, it's funny, like, it's an interesting thing, too, because it is, it is important that films like that get nominated for the Academy Awards, because part of me feels like, that as much as I don't give a shit about the Academy Awards, there's a contingent of the population that does. Right. And therefore, we'll probably only see that movie because of that. It's nominated, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's hard also, like, there's a whole school of thought where it's like, uh, these, like, really awful things that happen, and then here comes, like, Hollywood to, like romanticize and make movies that win awards about these awful fucking things instead of actually getting things done. Yeah. Um, and so part of me is like, ugh, it feels gross to be like, you know, giving awards to this movie that is, I mean, it's a beautiful movie, you know. Yeah. It's really well made. Steve McQueen, I actually, I went to the press screening at New York Film Festival the year it came out and his, um, he spoke afterwards and he was one of the most insightful, um, and basically like, I didn't make this movie for, uh, your white nonsense to yeah. critics, I'm and good. I love and I loved it, and good. I loved like because there was definitely being in a room full of New York critics. The interesting thing that you find out is like there are 
a lot of them are cynical, especially the older ones. And so there's like things that happen in the movie, especially towards the end. There's like one sort of breaking the fourth wall thing. And yeah. I literally yeah. heard, I literally heard a critic be like, oh, come on. Like in the audience. And like, luckily Steve McQueen wasn't in the audience for that. Like he was waiting to come out afterwards, but it was still very clear. Like the, the, the press people that got up to ask him questions that were more like staunch and, and yeah. like conservative in their views he was not there for them. And right. like, and I'm glad he I did. Mean, yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, the one good thing, like the thing that like, kind of like, uh, makes me feel better is like, this movie is in your face and is not going to let you like turn away from like, th- it's just lingering on the brutality. Yeah. Lingering. And, and it's just kind of like, as it is made to make you uncomfortable. Um, and Fassbender goes there like uh, with a lot of his movies, he is, uh, relentless. Yeah. In his, and just and, like going to the places where we make and the dedication to his art, like, and I, I think that's a really important thing. Um, that not every actor can say that they are. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't imagine too many people being able to pull that off. Yeah, um, I mean, he pulls off the accent. You know, he looks the part. Um, he has like that really gross, awful sexual thing going on with Patsy Lupita's yeah um, character. That's it. You're not looking his direction. Continue on. That's it. Found him, master. Brought her back just as instructed. What'd you just now tell her? What'd you say to Pets? No words were spoken on a consequence? You're a liar. You're a damn liar. I saw you talking with her. Tell me. Can I speak of what did not occur? Oh, Master Black! Bro! Master! You come here. Master Athos! Master, come here! I brought her back just like you. I got it, just as instructed. Master! You stay away from Pat's boy. He's just brutal. Uh, Cumberbatch is in the movie. So. Yeah. I'd, the, I'd almost bitches. forgotten about. Yeah. It's, all, all the bitches. The, all the bitches. Um, so, that's, so that's your four-star pick? I think so. Yes. I, there's another movie that I actually enjoyed much more. But um, I think it was an easier... I'm, I'm curious as to what that is. Is that movie here with us right now? It is. That, that, movie, like... that movie is here. And um, <laughs> that is uh, his... Uh, it's a newer movie. It's uh, Trash Pass Against Us. Oh, uh, yes. And um, I saw that uh, last week. And I I enjoyed that story a lot. Yeah. Um, it's about... Um, that just came out in March, actually. Yeah. So, yeah. And uh, I felt a lot of, like, things about, like, fatherhood and, um, you know, trying to do good, you know, for your children and... Um, it's a really interesting look at, um, a population of British, right? British folks? Yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's a very specific region in Britain. And actually, apparently, um, the, the accent's really, really specific. And according yeah. to a lot of the reviews I've read from that, from Britain and, and parts of England where they actually know people from there, uh, Michael Fassbender, like, nailed it. And, uh, Brendan Gleeson kind of nailed it. They said he's a little too Irish at points, but, uh. I mean, is that, um, Donald Gleeson's father? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love him. yeah. Um, yeah. He's also in Assassin's Creed. He also plays Michael Fassbender's father in Assassin's Creed. <laughs> he, he has a folks he likes to work with. He does have folks he likes to work with. I kind of enjoy that. Um, yeah, it, it is, uh, you know, they kind of, I mean, I don't know any better words, but, like, essentially, like, the white trash of yeah. Britain. I think that's the best way, and that's the way they're sort of played in the film. Yeah, and and they're they're robbers and thieves, and he's trying to do good for his wife and kids, and put in awful situations by his father, who just is a piece of shit. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's 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 an absolutely a strangely sweet movie. You know, like uh, he is doing his best. He's uneducated, and he wants. He, yeah, there's he, a whole subplot about how he can't read, and yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. And, and he's and and. He's trying to battle his father, who's like trying to romanticize, you know, being fucking stupid to like his yeah. grandchildren. Well, and it's and it's weird because his father has like mixed his own ignorance in with his religion and yeah. sort of preaches it to their their like it's commune because they kind of live in like a they, commune they, type. Their community they've built together yeah. is weird, and it's and it's sad though because it's like they are poor. Yeah, they are thieves. They are no good to like the greater community. They are uneducated and they just kind of like perpetuate that indefinitely and trying to see this one man be like, I can have more for my kids. You woke me up for this? I want to talk to you. What's happening then, Chad? 
tired. Come on, talk to me, boy. Nothing going on. Sleep, that's all. Why the fuck you behave like such a little twat yesterday? There, 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 there. Worse than the kids, you was. Fucking ignore me. What the fuck you done that for? You got no idea, Chad. No idea the troubles I've had, putting all this together. And here you are, my elders, acting like the prize dev. You know what my dad once said to me? Yeah, I do. What the fuck is the matter with you then? I'm just trying to look after my family, Cole. So that was my second kind of, uh, if I had to give like a three and a half star review, I would be to Trash Pick Incest. And, th and that's, that's more where I'm at. I, I liked it. I thought it was a little more slight than, I, I feel like I've seen that story before. That, um, true. So. It wasn't like terribly original. I just, I liked also seeing, he was milder. Yes. He didn't have, you know, there was no like epic, I mean, there was very sweeping moments, but it wasn't like yelling and like kind of huge blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, it was a nice change of pace for my fast bender. So, uh, along those lines, for my four-star review, uh, I'm actually sticking with the same director as yours, Steve McQueen. Um, I'm going with Hunger from 2008. Ooh, I um, didn't get to see Hunger. I did see Shame, though. I, I've seen, I'd seen Shame before, and Shame, unfortunately, I, I saw Shame with a, in a double feature with A Dangerous Method, um, and I disliked both of them, and, like, I don't think I, I don't think there's anything wrong with Fassbender's performance, and I like what Shame is trying to do to highlight um, a, a very serious condition that people have that's not talked about as much because we're a very repressed society in America, and we don't talk about sex, sex addiction. Bad. But I uh, yeah, but I also feel like that movie is like severely judgy, and I think the the um, I can't think of her name. I love her too. Carrie Mulligan. Carrie Mulligan's terrible. You love, you love Carrie Mulligan. I love Carrie Mulligan. And I wow. think she, uh, she got her start on Doctor Who, and I'm a big stan. All right, um, but uh, nerd alert. Um, but uh, the, yeah, I just I think that, and I also think there's like a really gross homophobic thing at the end, like his when he gets to, like he goes to the gay bar. Yeah, it, like his low point is having a guy blow him. And it's like get over yourself. <laughs> um, True. I didn't like. I didn't read that at the time. I was just like, this guy really wants his dick sucked. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but uh, going back to Hunger. Hunger. Uh, yes, going back to Hunger, two thousand nine. Um, Steve McQueen's our, first movie, right? Yes, or two thousand eight. Um, and Hunger is along the same lines as Twelve Years a Slave. It's uh, about a very specific social issue. It's uh, the time in which the IRA members were locked up in prison. Um, and it uses a lot of audio clips of, um, I suddenly can't think of her name. That horrible. Oh, the Iron Lady. Yeah, the Iron Lady. So, yeah, so it's, it's about this specific prison, um, uh, that's holding these IRA, uh, members prisoner. And what's interesting about the movie is, first of all, it's an hour and a half film, which I thought it was going to be much longer. Um, my Margaret Thatcher. Margaret Thatcher. There we go. You were Iron Lady. Uh -huh. But I'm glad you looked it up, actually. <laughs> um, so it makes makes me look less dumb. <laughs> so, it makes me um, look more smart. Exactly. <laughs> um, the uh, and and Michael Fassbender's not even in in the movie until half an hour in. Oh, which is interesting. So he plays um, the the leader of the movement. Uh, Sands. I suddenly can't think of his first name. This is what happens to me. I've been on many, many podcasts over the years. I call it uh, Podcast, Podcast Brain. Brain. Uh, <laughs> Bobby Sands. Um, and he was the leader, of, one of the leaders in the movement. Um, and he decides after, like, a relentless, like, th there, there's a no-wash strike where, like, uh, half the people in the prison aren't wearing uniforms. They're covering the walls with shit. Um, they're, they're having like things snuck into them in their like girlfriend's vaginas Jesus. and like in like, it, it's, it's genuinely awful. They bring in riot police and they pull them naked out of their cells and just beat the shit out of them. Like there's, and what's cool is McQueen is clearly it's from the perspective of how awful the British were treating and were allowed to treat these Irish prisoners. But also he, never lets you forget that these security guards are humans as well. You start the movie with a security guard and like, he's like clearly does not want to go to work. And he has like bruised and bleeding knuckles from like beating the shit out of prisoners. Like there's a scene later where there's all these riot police beating the prisoners. And one of the other, like from the outside, the door is shot. Like he's just crying against the wall as his fellow guards are like yeah. beating the shit out of prisoners. So it's an awful, awful situation all around. Uh, but clearly the Irish are getting it much worse. Yeah. And, um, 
But Bobby Sands eventually comes to the conclusion that the only way that people are going to pay attention to them is they start a hunger strike. And there's this really amazing scene. This is what the movie's famous for. There's a 17-minute long take uh, between him and another actor who's a, a pretty famous actor, uh, Liam Cunningham. And apparently they moved in together for like a month and they did the scene four times a day, wow. every day, to like get it down. Um, and it's... Like, act, it's acting at its, in its purest form. And it's so cool to see that, like, Steve McQueen really believed in that he could get this performance out of people. Now, one of the th- hard things about this podcast is, like, there there's an argument to be made that there is no performance that really makes a film. Like, a movie is sort of good or bad regardless of... Um, because there's so many things that go into it. There's costuming, there's set design, there's how, they, how the camera's positioned, the view from the camera and everything. But I really think for being one of his first big screen films and for being the small uh, British film, like there is no higher achievement than this 17 minute long shot where he's just acting against him. And like, there's finally a cut and the scene continues when the cut occurs and he's just as good after it. But damn, damn, is it amazing? He went to work. He went to work. Exactly. And it's, it's heartbreaking and, and like furious and beautiful for that scene alone, and then you've still got another half an hour left of the movie. Last hunger strike was flawed. It became emotional. Seven men started at the same time. They all got weak and they couldn't let the weakest one die, which left us susceptible to being conned by the Brits, and that's exactly what we were, conned. This time out, the men will start consecutively two weeks apart. Somebody dies, they'll be replaced. There's no shortage of us. 75 men have put their names forward. For Christ's sake. The announcement's being made today. So what makes this protest different is that you're set to die, Bobby. May well come to that. And at that point, you're watching Michael Fassbender get down to as low as a human weight as possible. I think the, he said the, uh, he went to a, a doctor to figure out how to get down it. And like, he was only allowed to eat nuts and sardines Jesus a day. To, to get, yeah. He withers in the movie. And he said, even like he tried to not let it affect him outside. Yeah. Uh, but like he, he said like, how could you he, not? Yeah, exactly. He literally stopped being able to sleep. He stopped calling friends. He said like, he didn't leave his house except to go shoot the movie. And um, it's, it's one of the most um, impressive modern day performances um, and I'm not saying that you have to do that as an actor. I mean, look at Christian Bale, who lost all that weight from The Mechanic. The Mechanic's not an amazing film, but this is a beautiful example of synergy between, I hate that word, uh, but synergy. Between, exactly. Uh, unless I'm Jim, uh-huh. I'm not going to say synergy. Um, the, uh, it's, it's a beautiful combination of both the, the power of like really beautiful, really intense filmmaking and a, a dedicated performance. And that's why part of me believes, yeah, I do think like he wants to be a character actor. And I do think some of the character performances are some of the better things, Yeah, but Hollywood's not going to let that happen. I feel like um, uh, hunger and 12 years of slave have much more in common. 12 years of slave was the first movie he didn't write, um, oh. which is interesting. Um, but uh, I have more in common and more like, in their soul than well, shame I mean, does. And once again, I feel bad. I know a lot of people love shame out there and without shame, we never would have gotten full frontal fassy. But, <laughs> but I, well, I, I think he does some nudity in, in hunger, but it's not exactly, you're not exactly like, Oh yeah. <laughs> shame is literally all about it. As I'm look as I'm looking at the boils on your body from yeah. the fact that you're wasting away, like, hmm, oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I think all, I mean, I, from what you've been saying, all three movies though are, have this very brutal, yeah, um, visceral like kind of. I mean, even in Shame, which is not like uh, gnarly, but it's like sex looks very intense in this movie. Like, yeah, it is like up close, personal, like bodies. That, that scene in Shame where they there's that hotel where there's all the windows and everything. Yeah. That's a real hotel in New York, and people do. Like ex- exhibitionists do have a tendency to have sex there, and people can see it. It's down. And it's what down is the near, address? Yeah, it's down near the meatpacking district, I think. And so, like, people had gathered once they realized it was Michael Fassbender. Wow! Like, people had gathered outside to like watch. It was me. The, yeah, it was, it was me. you. Actually, just me. you with your opera glasses. Yes. Hello, hello. <laughs> Eating popcorn. <laughs> um, but I, th- I think Hunger is like a, a really worthy watch. And once again, it's not. 
a pleasant film, but it's a very rewarding experience. And maybe that's, maybe that's a strong suit. Yeah. But I, but like I, I do, as you mentioned, like, yeah, he worked, he's worked with Steve McQueen, Steve McQueen twice. He's worked with three Ju- times now. Three, three times. Yeah. Justin Krizel, who did Assassin's Creed and Macbeth. Um, he's worked with him twice. So he's, yeah, he's getting that same like, dude did Assassin's Creed as Macbeth. Yeah. Uh, and well, that's what's weird about it, right? Cause then it's also weird. like Marion Cotillard and, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, it's, I think, I think he's very loyal as mm-hmm. well. And like, he, he knows the people that he that, seems like a friendly dude. And yeah. like, I imagine him doing very well at Hollywood parties and like yeah. meeting people and being like, let's work together. Blah. I mean, and that's not a shit on him at all, but like, no, he definitely seems like he's a schmoozy guy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I mean, he's got the good looks and charm to like pull it off. I think he kind of, for me, he's like a European George Clooney character. Yes, but I'll give him more. People like George Clooney because he plays George Clooney. Correct. I don't. You're I don't right. think You're Michael right. Fassbender really plays Michael Fassbender right. that much. I think Hollywood wishes he did more. Absolutely. And I. I think that's more clear when you watch something like uh, one of his other new films that I saw that recently came out, The Light Between the Oceans, mm. uh, which came out in 2016. He met his current girlfriend, Alicia Vikander. So uh, um, The uh, that's a film where he like Hollywood's like, no, just do do the yeah. Fassbender thing. Yeah. Just do do mm-hmm. it. It's basically the notebook without any of the modern uh, stuff. Uh, yeah. Huh. Yeah. And, um, it's an okay movie. It's, it's, mm-hmm. meh. but, uh, is there anything else you thought worth mentioning for, um, the best of his work? Um, or... I did want to give a shout out to Frank. Uh, I feel like Frank is, uh, a sort of underseen movie. Weird um, movie. A weird movie. Um, I don't think it's all one. I know people who love it. I don't think it's all fleshed out perfectly but it's cool to hear him sing as well and he yes. does get to sing in it yeah um but yeah that's that's literally it i mean he's been he's been in some other like decent movies like he's decent in slow west decent in Sh- steve jobs like you it's funny so when you think about he has two oscar nominations yeah first one for lead and steve jobs and supporting for 12 years a slave um steve jobs was whatever yeah Steve Jobs is a film to play, and he's fine at being. Yeah, I mean, and he's. I'm, I'm, I'm being. I'm being a jerk when I say that it's clearly not a film play, but like that's what it but looks literally like. is. Yeah. Should we just quickly revisit our our uh, one star reviews yeah. and our four star reviews? Yeah. So my one star review went to Centurion, and my four star review went to Twelve Years a Slave. And my one star review went to a tie between Blood Creek and the later X Men movies, X Men Apocalypse slash Days of Future Past. And my four star review. I went to 2009's Hunger. Awesome. Or 2008. I keep doing that. God. Just want to put it a year later. Ruining the life. Yeah, I am. I guess all that's left is getting to our fast forward. Yeah, we got to fast forward to what's coming next for Fast Benda. So the one movie that we both had trouble finding is... Um, song to Song. Song to Song, which came out earlier this year to, like, rave disappointments. Yeah. <laughs> and, which is, and it's crazy because it's starring, like, Fastbender, Ryan Gosling, Natalie Portman, like, just all these, like, A-listers. And, I mean, you know something is afoot when this, like, Oscar bait nonsense is coming out in, like, oh, yeah. February or whatever. Like, the studio was like, we'll put this movie right here. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and, uh... And like other than that, I'm I'm not sure really what he Yeah, like what's next for Mr. Um, Fassbender. I feel like the next big thing um might be this uh adaptation of a of a um Norwegian crime thriller called Sounds The Snowman. Right. Um and he's playing uh Detective Harry Ole, I believe is our our ho- listen, it's spelled H O L E. Detective Harry Hole. Um, but that's, it's this very popular series Stop. of books. Nope. Harry Hole. And the, uh, it is, it is a very popular series of books. Uh, and like, it's got a great cast. It's, it's coming out this year. Yeah. Val, uh, Val Kilmer. I, I, great I cast. Great cast. Including the um, one, the only Val Kilmer. Uh, let me read the rest. Rebecca Ferguson, Chloe Savigny, Toby Jones, and Charlotte Gainsborough, J.K. Simmons, James Darcy. Like, there, there is a good cast here, plus Val Kilmer. And, um, <laughs> bye. And, uh, I, I'm excited to see that. Uh, I know some people who have read the books, uh, who really like them. I've never read any of those. Yeah. And IMDb doesn't give us anything else. That's, no, that's it like really doesn't. All... But it is a, like, it is a busy year because if you think about it, like this year, uh, also is, uh, Alien Covenant, uh, yeah. which did okay, but kind of fell, fell in its second week. 
Song to Song, which also not <laughs> reviewed great, and uh, The Light Between the Oceans, which came out at the tail end of last year. Right. Trespass Against Us, sorry, which it came out in America in March. So uh, I think it yeah, did. out. Creed also came out like in Christmas time, right? Yeah. So he, he's I mean, working for sure. Yeah. And it's certainly not going to slow down anytime yeah. soon for him. Is there, what do you think, like, should, like, he be looking out for? I mean, I, a part of me, like, is, like, thinking, is he the next James Bond? Like, oh, man, that's a, that's a curious, uh, I mean, they haven't had an Irishman since Pierce Brosnan. He could, so. I mean, he obviously has the good looks and the physicality of it. Um, it is a character to get into, but also he can just be, like, hot in himself. Well, that's the thing, too, is, like, that's, that's the sort of thing I want him to steer away from. I would like to see him continue taking chances on doing things that are not um uh like that oriented the the sort of bigger universe oriented and that's what right. worries me about actually this Norwegian crime though because if it's successful they're obviously going to want to create sequels and like, I don't like I don't, as a kind of um Oh, man. Franchise. Yeah. Yes. But that's like, the word uh, I'm looking for. Like a born identity situation. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I I'm assuming what this, this is what that is. Yeah, I, I don't want him to end up in the born identity situation where he makes like a bunch of movies and then gets tired of it and then like his career falters and he ends up having to go back to them later, like Matt Damon. <laughs> Matt yeah, Damon. yeah, exactly. Um or or the other track, which is like, you know, he ends up doing like a Jack Reacher type thing like Tom Cruise where like one movie comes out and it's alright and then the second movie comes out and everybody's like, what the fuck is this? What is wrong with you? Like, uh-huh. yeah. So, I don't know. I like when he does things more like you know, working with Steve McQueen or doing like Frank and like, Weird he stuff. needs less Assassin's Creed in his life. Less Assassin's Creed. I could also do with less of him being Roman Greed. Yes. Like, uh, like we didn't talk about Macbeth a lot, but like, I was like, Okay. I just don't want him to do any more classic stuff. I wonder, I mean, I know, like, all the interviews we have of him, it's like, he's a funny dude. Like, I wonder right. what he would be like in a more buddy, com- like, I would love to see him in a buddy comedy and, thing. And maybe that would push him more towards having a more active character actor career. Because, like, he, cl- like, he, no one picks the movie Frank because yeah. they're, because they're like, I want to be the leading man right. in, like, like, he literally hides his face for that entire movie. I do not want him to become Russell Crowe. Yes. Period. Period. That's 100%. That's the best way to put it. That, yeah. The, the end. Like, please do not become Russell Crowe. Absolutely. The end. I think I think that's perfect. <laughs> uh, what business do we have left? Oh, yes. Uh, and I we were going to try and move these up towards the beginning of the show, and we, we failed. We didn't do that at all. Yeah. Uh, maybe next. Maybe next time. Yeah. But oh. uh, but we last week we did uh, Miyazaki. Correct. And it's funny... Um, I thought people would really go for that, and it's been our least listened to episode. So please go back and listen to our episode on Miyazaki because it's really good. <laughs> um, we love her. Yeah, exactly. But uh, we did put out a poll. Tell uh, us what won, Gavin. Excellent. So uh, the poll only got thirteen votes. Uh, with fifteen, well, with zero percent is the wind rises, which I realized too late. I should have made Princess Mononoke. Um, with 15% was Kiki's Delivery Service, your pick. That was my vote. I literally (laughs) voted, and that was the only one that I got. Um, my my neighbor Totoro with 31%, which was my pick, and overwhelmingly with 54% spirited away. Yeah, no surprise there. Which, I I was gonna say, which I did preface by saying, like, I really think that that is his masterpiece. Right. Like, that is, uh, I'm not even mad about that, because I love that movie. Yeah. But thank you, everybody, for, for listening, uh, all of our other business that we normally have, mm-hmm. which is how to get in contact with us. You can find us on Twitter at, at The Mix Reviews. We're on Facebook. Just look up The Mix Reviews and we'll find us there. Absolutely. You can email us at reviewsmixed at gmail.com. Right. And you can listen to us on iTunes, uh, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, or SoundCloud, which currently has up our um, last three episodes. No, right now it's only Anne Hathaway and because uh, I. Because uh, I have to slowly like delete them as right. a, so it's uh, Richard Linklater and Anna Hathaway, um, and I will be getting rid of uh, Richard Linklater and putting Whoopi Goldberg up there. Um, I'm Strong. keeping it. I'm keeping it about two episodes behind. Strong episodes, exactly. Um, and uh, on iTunes, if you could, and I I hate asking for this because it feels like begging, but if you could uh, go beg, rate, yeah, exactly, uh, rate and review us. Uh, what that does is it helps other people find us, and it's funny because we're in. 
really good company at the moment in terms of like our recommended like people are like other other shows people listen to is like two dope queens and i'm like <gasps> really what am i fifi or jessica let me think. i would like to think that we're two dope queens but uh, <laughs> uh i'm probably more of a phoebe than a jessica and i'm probably more of neither uh, because <laughs> i'm not cool enough <laughs> um, no jessica's really into sci-fi i'll i'll give i'll yeah, give her that jessica. i'm the jessica but uh but yeah so rate and review us on that and uh and contact us once again, all the ways we told you, tell us who you want us to do. We would yeah. we'd love to dissect and you know, obviously we all want to do Michael Fastbender, but <laughs> now that he's over Every it. living thing wants to be a fast bitch. Yes. <laughs> Fast, fast Bitch is my favorite Fast and Furious sequel, by the way. Oh my god. <laughs> um, Coming next spring. <laughs> fast Bitch. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, so we're gonna, we're gonna go away and we're gonna decide who to do next. Yeah, we'll see you in two weeks, guys. Absolutely. Thank you for listening. Bye. El Madrid, it's nice to see you. It's really nice to be here. I love you all. Still your fatlock, smoked out cowpoke, sequined mountain ladies. I love you all. Put your arms around me, fiddly digits, itchy britches.